guys, welcome back to Actually Adultish. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I'm your host, Christina. I am a holistic health coach. I am the creator of the blog addictedtolovely.com and I'm your host, as I said. That's my intro for myself. I'm not that exciting, but hopefully you you probably just don't care. Okay, moving on. If you're new here, welcome. If you're not new here, welcome back. You're the best. Either way, if you have not left a rating and a review on iTunes and you want to, that would be awesome if you like the show and if you haven't subscribed, you totally should. If you're listening for the first time and you're like, why would I subscribe? I don't even know if I like you, then just wait till the end of the episode and then you can decide. But if you want to subscribe at that point, then awesome. You're the best. So thanks to everybody who has been spreading the word about the podcast. It means a lot to me. That's how I get the word out about it. And I just want to keep growing the community. And if you're not in our Facebook group, it's super exclusive. It's called Actually Adultish Podcast Nation. You should join if you're not in it and be part of the exclusive club. That's not exclusive at all. Just join and I'll add you. And it's a fun time. Just a reminder that if you want to support the show, you can do so by doing your Amazon shopping right in the link that's on our website and in the show notes. It doesn't cost you anything, but if you shop through that link, do your same old Amazon shopping because I know you shop on Amazon. It gives me a little kickback and helps me pay for the production costs of this show. And that would be awesome. You can also become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash actuallyadultish if you want to pledge a certain amount of money to the show each month. That will also help support keeping this show up and running and make it so I can keep putting up free content for you every single week. Even if you want to do a dollar, that would be above and beyond. And I would love you a lot. So you're amazing. Today I'm super excited because I have somebody who I've been wanting to have on the show for forever, but just, you know, life, things, so many incredible people, but she is amazing and I'm sure you know her if you are in the health and wellness community. Her name is Rachel Mansfield. She is the food blogger of all food bloggers. She's an incredible recipe developer and food stylist. She lives in New York. Her blog was one of the first blogs I fell in love with and clung to like a crazy person when I first started eating a healthier diet because her recipes are really healthy, but you wouldn't know that they're healthy because they're so delicious. She uses real food ingredients. She mainly does desserts, breakfast, and snacks. Um, But, you know, she does a little bit of everything in there, too. She does main meals, too. Most of her recipes are refined, sugar-free, dairy-free, gluten-free. She has something for everybody. So whatever diet you follow, you can find something on her blog, which, if I didn't already say, is I didn't. RachelMansfield.com, but it's RachelMansfield.com. You'll see it in the show notes. Basically, Rachel without an E, Mansfield.com, in case that wasn't clear. Anyways... I love talking to her because she's super sweet, super real, and she's so business savvy and just such an entrepreneur and just knows her stuff. And she is such a hard worker. It is so inspiring. 
she transitioned from sort of the other side. She used to work with influencers for a food company and then moved into having her own blog after she got fired. And just a really great story. And she's just a go-getter and a total badass in this space. And her... I mean, I'm just so impressed. If you go on her page, her feed, she's known for her marble slab, her flawless feed, her ridiculously good banana bread. I mean, there are just no words. There are just no words. And she is just full of wisdom when it comes to growing and thriving in this space and in life and getting over difficult times in your life. Because it's like, I just love how she's so real. Like she, we talk about how she, you know, got fired and you got to, pick your butt up and go, you know, and do it. And she turned it around and she built a freaking empire with her incredible feed. It's beautiful. You should head over there. If you appreciate food the way I appreciate food, you will love her if you don't already follow her, although I'm sure you're following her already. So I know you guys are going to love talking to Rachel a bit. And she also shares a lot of things that she hasn't talked about before and she opens up a lot and I really appreciate her opening up a lot in the context of struggles with you know food and body image and things like that Um, it takes a lot of courage and I really really respect her and just want to thank her again for being so open and honest and I think that it'll resonate with a lot of people so I'm excited for you guys to hear and get to know her a little bit more but before I start I just want to remind you about my favorite thing ever beauty counter if you don't already know i'm a beauty counter consultant i am in love with the company i love the cause if you're not familiar with beauty counter they are a beauty brand personal care products and we are committed to bringing safer products into the hands of everybody because there are a lot of toxic ingredients in the personal care items that people put on their bodies every single day And unfortunately, all of those toxic chemicals can lead to a ton of different health issues from asthma to cancer to infertility. There are just a ton of hormone disruptors and carcinogens and all of these other toxins in those products. And we don't always think about that and we don't realize the long-term effects those can have on our health. But what we put on our skin is just as important as what we put in our bodies And the personal care industry isn't regulated, basically, at all. I mean, the U.S. hasn't passed a major federal law regulating ingredients used in personal care products since 1938. It's 2017, if you you didn't realize that. So, yeah. The women in beauty kind of are in Washington trying to fight this and trying to get Congress to pass some laws. And meanwhile, providing products that are totally transparent we put all of our ingredients on the website and we have banned the use of over 1500 questionable or harmful chemicals on our never list which you can find on the website you know i I use literally every single thing from the line so you can go on there if you need hair care skincare body care we got it all but i do want to mention the ocean and pacific palette which you have seen me do my makeup with literally every single day it's limited edition it's gonna not be around forever so if you're interested in that definitely go and order that asap and you can go to beautycounter.com slash christina rice to look around and do your shopping if you need any 
recommendations, need help color matching, definitely email me, addictedtolovely at gmail.com, and I'll help you out. But yeah, definitely check out Beauty Counter. At least educate yourself. There's a lot of good resources about what's going on in the beauty industry right now. Even if you don't want to shop, I think it's good to learn about that. So you can go to beautycounter.com slash Christina Rice and check it out. All right. So I know you guys are really excited for this interview, as am I. You're going to love it. So let's hop into the interview with Rachel and hear what she has to say. Hi, Rachel. Hey, Christina. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for talking to me today. I'm so excited to interview you. Of course. Thank you for having me. I've been listening to your podcast for probably a few months now, and I'm like excited to like be a part of this crew that's on your uh, podcast lineup. Oh my gosh. I'm so honored that you've been listening. No, I've been dying to have you on, but I, as I was telling you, I feel like I don't know. Life has been crazy and you've been moving. So you're exhausted. I'm currently in the process of moving out of Manhattan to back to New Jersey into Hoboken. So scheduling is a little crazy between that and travel and work and trying to stay afloat. But this is a perfect way to break up the day. Good. Hopefully you enjoy it. Would you ever move somewhere out of New York? Would you ever move out of New York? Oh, a thousand percent. I wanted to move to LA like... Oh, really? You should. Like, 10 years ago. Well, I actually, I told I told Jordan Younger this, that I was um, going to move to LA for two months on my own in October and November. But then we bought an apartment in Hoboken. So I'm like not doing that anymore. Like financially can't afford to live in two places. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's, I wanted to go to college out there. And then it got to the point where, I mean, it got to the point where I had to apply and then I got nervous. And then I was like, oh, I'll just live there for a year or so after college. But then I was dating Jordan, my now husband, and I wouldn't leave him and he wouldn't move. So I just never made it out there. But I'm I'm like, I'm born to be in California. Maybe one day. Yeah, no, someday I'm going to get you out here for sure. Oh, I, I've been four times so far this year and I'm going again on, on Thursday. So I try and go as much as I can. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. Well, okay, let's back up because, see, I know you, but... For anyone yeah. who doesn't know you, why don't you introduce yourself to my listeners? Who are you, Rachel Mansfield? I have had to really introduce myself in a while, so <laughs> all right, let's see how this goes. Um, <laughs> my name is Rachel, and I am a food blogger, recipe developer, and food stylist here in Manhattan. That's going to be weird. I'm not going to be able to say Manhattan anymore soon. Um, here in the <laughs> area, and I create recipes that I say are meant to taste delicious and they're not supposed to make you feel bad about yourself. I want everyone to eat real food that tastes good um, and is really feasible and simple to make. All my recipes are like, for lack of a better term, like they're idiot proof. Like they're so easy. Everyone can eat them. They're really adaptable for any allergies or any like dietary restrictions. So if you're vegan, paleo, low glycemic, anything, like I always say you can come to my blog and find something to eat. Mm -hmm. Um, desserts and recipes, desserts and breakfasts are like my favorite types of recipes to share though. But yeah. And then I'm, uh, on Instagram and on my blog are my two main platforms and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. And your recipes are so amazing. It's so when I first, um, started 
eating healthier. I just remember there were like two or three websites where I got all my recipes from and I've always had a huge sweet tooth and yours is one of them. It was like you and chocolate, you and chocolate covered Katie were like my main two people that I was like obsessed with for food ideas and stuff. And I just like lived through your accounts. Um, I'm so honored. Yeah. And no, literally ask any of my friends, pretty much anyone's like birthday or holiday. I always make like pancakes from your blog or like a banana bread or something from it. So it's good. And you're right. They're totally like, it's so easy to make and love it. Yeah. Okay. I, so let's start back from the beginning. So wait, where did you grow up? And New Jersey, right outside mm-hmm. Princeton. Okay. And then where – and then you went to school where? In, in for college. in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Oh, what was that like? <laughs> um, Pretty boring, to say the least. It was only an hour from my house, like from my parents. So I, like, stayed at school, but I wanted to stay in pretty close proximity. Mm-hmm. Um, I started going to California, and then I ended up going, like, literally around the corner. Um, I went to school at Muhlenberg, studied business administration and media communications. Um, I liked that it was a small liberal arts college. You could double major and I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I wanted to kind of keep my options as open and wide as possible. Um, and there I met my husband. We've been together since I was 19 and he met at a crawl on St. Patrick's day and I've been inseparable since. Wait, I'm obsessed with that. That's yeah. so cute. Was he yeah. your first boyfriend? No, but he like my first love. Okay. Like if you want to count my like sixteen year old when I was six, sixteen and seventeen in high school, yeah. which they, they felt real at the time, but like in retrospect, not really. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess you could say Jordan's my first like real boyfriend. I've never been on a date with anybody besides <laughs> him. Like, I've never gone out on a first date with anyone. It's funny, though, because I feel like a lot of people, like, don't even actually date anyways, you know? Really? Yeah. In New York, people date. Like, then my friends are always meeting going on dates and this. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to give you advice. <laughs> no, I do. Feel, I feel like it's, like, a city thing. Like, I feel like in New York, people date, but I think in other cities, they don't. It's, like, weird. People just kind of hang out with each other and then just, like, slide into being in relationships. If that makes sense. Weird. Okay. Different change of pace. Yeah. I don't know. I think it depends on the city. Okay. But that's interesting. So then, so you didn't know what you wanted to do, right? And then what was your first job, um, like your first um, real job? So, well, actually in high school, my first job was at a place called Salad Works where I made salads, which in oh. retrospect, kind of thinking back, it kind of set me up for yeah. what salad looked pretty um, it was kind of like a Panera bread or like a sweet green, but not as like trendy and fun. Um, but my first real job out of college, I worked at an advertising agency for pharmaceuticals, um, for like colonoscopies and ulcerative colitis. And I did all of the like brochures for, uh, doctors and like the sales tools for pharma sales reps. Wow. And I was so bored. I wanted to like jump out the window when I was at work. Like it was so boring. Like I loved the people I worked with. I loved my boss. It was in Flatiron district in Manhattan. So it was an awesome location. Um, I was living on Staten Island commuting to save money. And I was a huge diet soda drinker. Like I had an IV of diet Coke like, <laughs> in my veins. Like, I'm so like fountain diet Coke was like my calling and, or even diet Mountain Dew. Like, isn't that disgusting? 
Um, you don't know what I ate growing up. Coffee <laughs> ate similarly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to stop drinking soda, and then I was in a Whole Foods visiting my parents in I think it was it was in Princeton. Um, and my dad picked up something out of the cooler. And it was a beverage and wanted me to try it. And I mean, he was a big diet soda drinker too. Had a sip of the beverage, was obsessed with it, wrote a letter to the CEO of the company being like, I love your beverage. It's getting me off diet soda. Like what you're doing is amazing. You're changing the industry. And long story short, I was like his assistant two weeks later, like left the city, left my advertising job to like go back and be an executive assistant, moved back home with my parents. And started to do that. And that's how I made a transition into like the food and wellness and beverage space, I guess you could say. Wow. Okay. Wait, so you were the executive assistant. Yeah. So that's like, I feel like what people don't know what that means. Cause that's like a huge job. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, it was, it is, it, it is for anyone, anyone out there who's an executive assistant, especially for a CEO or founder of a. Yeah. Like that's intense. So yeah, what, was what was that like? Um, you know, I loved it at the time. Like I, I, I loved what I was doing when I was there. I loved the company. I loved the product. Um, the CEO and founder was like, it's, he's one of the smart, smartest, most intelligent people I've ever met. Like such a savvy business dude. He's like mm-hmm. a stereotypical entrepreneurial entrepreneur with like that drive and spirit. Um, and I learned a lot from him. It was a really awesome gig. Like, I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I was there. I was like, there was like 10 of us in the office. And when I was no longer at the company, there was like over 400 employees throughout the country. So like the company was definitely in like a rapid growth scale up mode when I was there. Um, and so I was his assistant for like about a year or so. And this is when Instagram started to get pretty popular. So mm-hmm. I started the company's Instagram account. You did. Yeah, like when I was an assistant and I was just like doing it on the side for fun. I like loved it. It was like I took the ugliest pictures for them, but I just like loved being on Instagram. Yeah. And then I started sending um I was like I always had loved bloggers. Like I used to read like Peanut Butter Fingers and like The yes. Balance and Vegan, aka the Balance Wand. And I sent Jordan Younger like product and um she was the first blogger I ever like worked with or corresponded with even. And, um, then I ended up starting their blogger and influencer relations, like team and department, and then eventually ran their earned media department. So managed their social media manager and like oversaw anything in that, in that aspect or that area, I should say. Yeah. I'm glad you explained that because I feel like people don't understand that you were truly like an OG, like you like... (laughs) (laughs) truly like started it from the other side you know what I'm saying like and that's such an interesting time period like kind of the rise of Instagram you know and I mean did you understand what you were getting yourself into like you basically started this influencer program and now that's like the backbone of a lot of companies entire marketing scheme you know like crazy like my the girl who um who I worked with who did the social media like her and I always joke that like every other brand was like mimicking what we were doing with bloggers and influencers and like taking that strategy and like basically just executing it in their own way. And yeah. I mean, everything really in life is about borrowing brilliance from other people. Everyone takes ideas from other people and turns it into their own and like puts their own pizzazz on it. But we were definitely like one of the original brands 
ever working with influencers. Um, and I never really saw myself going to like the other side of blogging and going on Instagram. I always actually joked I wanted to start a management company to like manage influencers because I saw like the potential and I really saw that like they were going to be epic. I kept calling like bloggers the new celebrity like before that was like even a thing because Mm -hmm. I saw the impact that they were having and I just know that like as a reader I was relating more to a blogger than I was relating to like a Kardashian if that makes sense like I don't really care what a celebrity is eating or drinking or doing (laughs) exactly like I care more with a real person like my age or around my age and my demographic I care about what they're doing and what they're learning and I saw that there was a huge potential there. Yeah. And you're very smart for recognizing that early on before everybody else. But, and I do, I want to talk about that um, later again too. But so then how did that transition into, let's talk about when you left the company and like how you decided to do your own thing. So in, let's say when I started doing their like earned media department officially, um, I was still living at home. I had just gotten engaged and Jordan got a new job and he had to live in Manhattan. So I moved into Manhattan with him and worked remotely and quickly saw how expensive everything was in Manhattan and was like, oh my God, I'm going to like be poor for the rest of my life. And I like asked for a raise at my job and I was not given a raise. I was basically told that like I didn't deserve a raise. I like got a title change, but didn't get a raise. Like was going from not being assistant to being like earned media manager with no title change. I mean, no, um, no pay raise. And I was like, okay, like, that's cool. Um, not, (laughs) I was like, okay, I'll just go F myself. Yeah. I looked at Jordan and I was like, I'm going to start selling overnight oats in a jar and delivering it to people around Manhattan. And I've been making overnight oats since I was working at the advertising agency. Like I would get looks and stares and like, it's funny because I'm sure that if anyone there ever like listened to us, like they would remember me eating like waffles with peanut butter and like oatmeal and granola. Like when, when that wasn't cool, like I was missed for eating like that. And so I looked at Jordan's like, I'm going to start selling this. And he's like, no, you should probably just post your recipes and see if people are interested and then we'll find you a commercial kitchen. So, because in New York, wow. you can't, <laughs> that, you, that's you, a big you one. I know, right? Because you can't make something in your kitchen and sell it. It's like illegal. Okay. So, and I didn't know that. I was like, yeah. oh, maybe I'll walk dogs instead. Like, I just wanted cash and I wanted it now. Yeah. And so then I started posting my recipes and it just spiralized from there. It just grew. People, like, loved the recipes that I was posting. I was, like, shocked. I then I eventually made a blog out of it because I po- started posting only on Instagram um, then I made a blog out of it and started making like 50 to a hundred dollars a post, like babysitting money as I was calling it. And I would do it on weekends that night and like have all my content, like already ready to post during the week. And I was in such a nice groove. I was like getting a little extra cash. I loved what I was doing in my last company. And that was, that went on probably for six months or so, six to eight months. And I still complained and asked for more money and still wasn't given more mo- the amount of money I was asking for. I even left that job and then went to another job and then went back to the other company. Oh, my God. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Yeah. And then in December of 2015, I walked out of a meeting and had been fired and had no idea that I was getting fired and didn't know what to do. I stepped onto 7th Avenue 
we were at like one of our agencies, like the whole team was like in Manhattan from New Jersey because the job was based in New Jersey. We go on to 7th Avenue and I just started bawling because I, I was fired. Like I just gotten married three months before that. Obviously I wasn't like financially dependent on my parents anymore. It was like me, myself and Jordan and trying to figure it out. And I was so scared. I didn't even call Jordan. I was like nervous because he's very like, he's like, he's a sensitive dude. Like he, I felt like he was going to be more upset than I was. Yeah. My dad being like, I, I was fired. Like I'm speechless, had a panic attack got home and like literally didn't know what to do with myself. It was just, and it was in December, it was right before the holidays. God forbid anyone listening ever gets fired in December. Like you're not going to find a job until the new year. Like yeah. good luck. Go work in retail for a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And kill yourself. Basically. Hiring. And so I didn't know what to do. And I, I, my gut was like telling me like, just go look for a new job. Like it's fine. Like whatever. But then my, my other side of my like gut and my heart was like, you're not into anything right now. Like, can like if I went to go find another job, I could have done the same risk as like what just happened where they felt that my Instagram was a conflict of interest. And is that what I, happened? I want to ask, why did you get fired? Yeah. So they told me that my Instagram account was a conflict of interest and it like wasn't. And I posted How? about so I posted a recipe and I think I deleted the recipe from my blog. So like no one can go and try and find this. <laughs> it was like some type of a brownie cupcake and I used like a beverage in it. And the company I was working with was a beverage company. They didn't sell anything like that beverage. Like they didn't sell that product. So I thought it was fine. Like it's not like I, it's not like I was working for say like Coke and then posted about Pepsi or I was working for like Crystal Light and then posted about like a Snapple product. Like it wasn't like a, closely correlated product. Yeah. And they yeah. told me I breached my contract and that I like had to go. And it was crazy. And um I yeah. can't believe I can't believe they fired you for that instead of just like being like you can't do that again. Yeah. I mean that could be like a whole other episode about like the political aspect of the company. But um it was definitely for the best, but that's I think that if it was any other type of company that's what it how it would have been handled. It just they didn't really handle it very well. Um and I think they're like, I don't know. I think they were just trying to get rid of me. But at that time, I only had like 10,000 Instagram followers on Instagram, which, yeah, is awesome. And that's why I was really happy with what I was doing and working. But it's not enough to pay my bills based off of Instagram alone. Like, yeah. yeah. So that's where I was at in December. And then, and then you decided to just go for the blog. So I was sitting at a pizza place by our apartment with my mom and dad and Jordan and my parents and George were like, go out on your own, give yourself six months, see what happens, like figure out what you want to do and go from there. If you fail and you don't find anything that you can do, corporate America is not going anywhere. Like there's always going to be a desk job. So put yourself out there see what will happen. And Worst case scenario, you go and you apply for jobs around the summertime. Mm -hmm. So I collected unemployment, which in case anyone's wondering, my unemployment was the same amount of money as my salary. So that was pretty interesting. And I had that for like a month or two and then started my own consulting business where I do influencer marketing for brands. Um, I still do that on the side right now. Most people don't know that. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, recipe development, it pays, but it doesn't pay. It's yeah. pay for the life that I want to live. Yeah. Um, and so I started doing that and then grew my blog simultaneously in my own brand. And 
I haven't looked back besides when I tell the story and people are like, oh, crazy. So when you made that, I mean, was that a hard decision for you to make to like go for like, were you scared at all? Or were you just kind of like, I'm doing this? Like, not everybody would have the kind of support that it sounds like you had, which yeah, is great. Yeah, I was really, I wasn't as scared as I would have been if I was like quitting a job to start my own thing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like the way I looked at it was I have unemployment, basically nothing financially is changing because it was the same amount of money. Um... I might as well see what can happen, but it's weird because I'm a pretty nervous, like neurotic type personality. Like I'm very like, I like to know what's going to happen. I like to plan everything and I couldn't plan this, but for some reason I was fine with it. Um, from like December until end of January, I was horribly like just depressed. Like didn't want to see anyone. I felt like such a loser, like who gets fired. And I'm like, just out of school a couple of years, I already like was fired from a job. I just felt like a reject in a way. Um, but after that, I just got over it and yeah. kept going. But it definitely, it, you need to have like, you need to be able to build self-confidence and self-love in order to like start anything on your own. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that because I think like so many people can relate to that. Like you feel like you're like a reject, you know, but it's oh, yeah. like, you're absolutely not, you know, because it's like, I mean, I, I mean, everybody goes through shit like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I, my whole blog and Instagram was basically started off of insecurities. It was the insecurity of not making enough money, the insecurity that I was always made fun of for the food that I wanted to eat. And it's turning those things around and like making them into a positive. It sounds so cliche and corny, but like you need to take the weird, sometimes really crummy shit and you need to turn it into something cool and magical and awesome things happen when you do absolutely hell yeah i'm gonna write that down and post it somewhere i'm gonna post that to our instagram um okay wait well going off what you just said wait so did you um always eat healthier things growing up or was that not at all like i think that my parents really like want like i grew up in a home where like i always had a home-cooked meal but it was also around the same time when like eating healthy was just having like brown rice and chicken not really paying attention to like where the chicken was coming from or if the rice was sprouted or you know what I mean like basically like my now my version of healthy um but I definitely I was a very finicky eater I like chicken fingers macaroni and cheese pizza bagels like french bread pizza bacon cheeseburgers onion like pop tarts oh my god I love pop tarts um like you name it I ate it yodels you get the point yeah Um, So then when I was, and I was pretty chubby, like I was a really, when I was younger, probably in high school, I was 40 pounds more than I am now. Wow. I've definitely like been up and down. Um, and in high school I lost weight and like, like a, I like to say like a balanced approach, just like kind of stopped eating like bad foods and paid attention more. Went to college, gained like freshman, like 25 from pizza and beer and like, just not and chicken finger melts which is a grilled <laughs> sandwich with a chicken finger in the middle of it and we have a place that does that here fat cells <laughs> yeah that's like what i would eat every night oh when my god <laughs> uh, wow you had a stomach <laughs> oh yeah i had a lot of munchies um for sure and that went into my sophomore year okay and um I probably like, and then I was pledging a sorority, which is like, you're miserable. So all you do is like eat pizza and like pledge and be miserable. Yeah. So 
I like continued to like not lose the weight that I wanted to lose. Then my sophomore year, second semester, I started to lose weight in not a very healthy way, like really was restrictive and I was never really into working out. So you wouldn't find me on the treadmill, like pounding it. That just like wasn't my, my style. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like was counting like every calorie, like every like thing that was put in my body. I was like loving chewy 90 calorie granola bars. Like those are my jam counting my almonds, like crazy. Mm-hmm. And that was like probably like February, March. And by that fall, next fall, I was living in Florence and it definitely became very noticeable what I was doing. Um, and I like shriveled into nothing and I was living in Italy. Jordan was living luckily in, um, the Netherlands. So he was really close. And, um, I just, I don't know. I like for the first time I like was like thin and felt good about myself, but like it it wasn't good. Like I didn't mentally feel good if that makes sense. And I looked in the mirror, I got out of the shower, I looked in the mirror and I was like, can I curse? Yeah. I, was literally, I was like, fuck. I was like, what did you do to yourself? Like, this looks horrible. And kind of just snapped out of it. And I I know everyone's so different, but I do like to consider myself like relatively, like I'm very grateful for that I gave myself that perspective and I didn't need someone to like sit me down and be like, you're not eating. Like, you need to get out of this. Like, I was well aware of what I was doing and really turn, turned it around. Um, and when I had to start gaining weight again, at that point, it was, like, 95 pounds. Wow. Um, so I definitely – oh, yeah. I was, like, had to wear, like, little girl's jeans when I got home from Target because my mom's like, we are not buying you nice jeans. Yeah. You're good. She's like, this is temporary. Like, we are not investing in this. And um, probably by – took, like, six to eight months to, like, gain the weight back. Um, and I don't mean back as in, like, back to where I was, but just back where it wasn't – I wasn't walking on the street and people would be like, oh, duh. Yeah. Um, and then, but when, but I didn't want to sit there and just eat like Reese's pieces or like junk food. Like I started to really pay attention to the food I was putting in my body. And that's when I like was introduced to like hummus and like pita bread and like just different like ways to eat. Like I started eating like turkey sandwiches again, I'm in college. So like I can't, I didn't really have a kitchen to cook delicious food. Um, and then from there just kind of evolved, like my passion for health and food and knowing what you're putting in your body just really grew. And that was, that was that. So that was my junior and senior year of college. Yeah. And I mean, that's a, that's something I've talked about before as, well, I know you weren't going through like eating disorder recovery, a program or anything. <laughs> um, but like something I'm so, it bothers me is like a lot of those programs, basically tell people you need to gain weight and you need to do it by sitting there and eating shit. And I'm like, that's not helping anybody. That's just turning, that's just like giving somebody another eating disorder, you know, basically. And it's really sad. And, and that's how I've like found healthy food too, basically like a similar thing. But I think, so when you were losing all that weight, were people saying things to you like, not to my face. Okay. I know that people did like behind my back or like went to like my parents. And I mean, there's always going to be people that don't, that have like ill things to say and like negative things to say. Um, but no one really said much to me at all. I think because I'm also like really abnormally close with my parents. So mm-hmm. I think that it was assumed that like 
yeah, well, Rachel's in Florence. There's not really much that we could do right now. Like, but when she comes home in a month, like we'll take care of it. Um, but yeah, no, nothing. No one said that much to me actually, but like, I know people like people still now, like I had a housewarming party last September when I moved in and there was like a couple of people here that like, I don't really enjoy their presence, but my husband's friends with them and <laughs> like heard them like whisper to each other. Like she still looks anorexic to me. Oh my and fucking like, God. Dude, are you kidding me? Like, first of all, in retrospect, I think that I was more like orthorexic than anorexic. Yes. I was very small, but I hate labels. Like mm-hmm. I hate mm-hmm. labels when it comes to like, like veganism and like that, those labels to also like disordered eating labels because it's really just a body image thing that I took out on food. Like it, it just, people still make comments and I'm like, are you kidding? Like we're like six years away from that and you're still going to call me a name that like doesn't make sense. But now I look at it and I just like, like whatever, like go F yourself. Yeah. And it's like, they just don't even know what they're talking about. But I think it's really like, I mean, I love that you described that moment when you like looked in the mirror and you're like, what did I do? Like, and that's like, you're so strong for being able to like kick your own ass into being like, okay, we need to change stuff. You know, like that is so hard to do. Do you, was there something that like triggered that moment? Do you feel like, like, did you kind of feel it? Like, I don't know. Like as things were happening, did you kind of like know something is wrong and kind of like, Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I, like I so it's I, kind of building right yeah like I knew it wasn't normal that like I would like only want to eat dinner mm. like I would have like a lot of snacks throughout the day but they weren't like nutritious snacks they were like granola bars and fruit and almonds like I wasn't having breakfast lunch and dinner and like I knew that that wasn't right but like I was just going with it yeah. which I actually think benefited me in the end because I like self-realized what I was doing was wrong. And I do know that not everyone is going to be able to do that. But I think that it helped make everything a little bit more feasible. And that doesn't mean that, okay, I looked in the mirror, saw what was going on and then like flipped a switch and felt great. Like, no, I was, some days they were still rough. And like, it probably took me like a year and a half to two years to really like mentally feel good and like not let comments, like the types of comments from other people affect me or, people questioning the food I was eating. Like I was also really defensive of like, if I wanted to get dressing on the side or something like I felt so self-conscious of that. And now I'm like, I don't fucking care. Like if I want to make up my own bowl at a restaurant, like you better believe I'm going to. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. And just, I don't know. I think that the more, it also goes back to self-love and believing in yourself. The more that you believe in yourself and give yourself and your mind and your body that love, it only benefits you in any way. Yeah. And do you think that being in another country, like, helped you make that realization at all? No, I hated abroad. You did? Why did you hate it? I, it was just too long. If it was, like, a month and a half, like, six weeks, I would have been fine. Four months is really long. And I like America. (laughs) Despite, like, the current state that people complain about. Like, no, like, you have... You, like, you didn't even have peanut butter in Italy. Like, they didn't have anything there. And I don't know. I like my parents. I like my friends. And I went by myself. Like, I went abroad solo. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was definitely hard. But, like, obviously, I met people when I was abroad. And actually, one of my roommates 
from Florence came to one of my events and like surprised me. It's like she's seen me when I was at my absolute worst, which most of my friends never did since I was in a different country. And it meant so much to have her there to like show the support and like see how things have changed yeah. and evolved. Well, that's good that she could be there. Um, <laughs> and then, so gaining weight, like, what was that like for you mentally? Was that hard? No, I was so like, no, I knew like, it. I was yeah. done. That's how I, was, I felt too. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I hate yeah. being like this. I hated being so thin. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's not like we're morbidly obese right now. Yeah. We're still petite people, but like, I don't know. Like, I was like 30, probably 20. I don't know how much I weigh right now, but if I had to guess like 20 to 25 pounds, like lighter than I am now, which I look in the mirror and I'm like very comfortable. Like, I'm very happy. And I know I didn't feel that way then. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was hard, but. It was a process and got through it. What would you tell a girl who is like right now in the situation that you were in at that time? It's hard. Um, I would tell them to listen to themselves and listen to the people that they can trust and to kind of tune out those that are making comments that make them feel uncomfortable, like only surround themselves with positive people that they know are going to be supportive, but at the same time, like focus on the relationship you have with yourself and ask yourself, like, are you taking care of your body? Does your body know that like you're there, like you're there to fuel it. You're there to make it happy. Like you need to really focus on relation, like the relationship with yourself. And it's, it, I don't mean that in a selfish way. Like self love is not, is not selfish. Self love yeah. is so important. And I think that that, going through that really made me appreciate having a relationship with myself even more. And I'm like a certified loner. Like I love being by myself. So I'm the same. Yeah. Like I'm an introverted extrovert. I always joke, but like, I think everybody is. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think that just talk to yourself and do what you know is right for your body and your mind. Okay. I love that. No, that's really good advice. And I think you're right. I think the self love thing is like, truly underrated and I think also people talk about it so much and but they don't really talk about it like they make people feel like oh if you if you meditate and you take a bath and you do this and you do that you are showing yourself self-love but I'm like that's not really what it's about and like what if you don't like taking a bath then that's not automatically self-love like you know it's so much deeper than that and it's also just finding even like the little things that like bring you happiness and like do give you self love. Like I just had to do for my body green, like um, five things that I treat myself every day, which is about self love. And some people like I wrote, like going for a walk in the morning, it sounds so stupid, but yes, that is one of the ways I give myself love because I love going outside, getting fresh air, catching up on a podcast, like calling my mom or friends and like, sitting down for lunch in the middle of the day, like that is giving yourself the love and attention that you deserve. Like I sit down every day around two, one thirty, two o'clock and I eat lunch no matter what I'm doing Yeah. because I need that. And like, I need that. Like, I don't know. It's just like, it's good for your mind and your body. And if, and I do take baths, but you know what? My mom hates baths. Like mm-hmm. to her, that's self torture. Yeah. So like it's 
something doesn't give you love, that doesn't mean just because I'm doing it or you're doing it but that everyone else needs to do it. Yeah, no, I love that. And that's so true. Like the wa- the walking thing, I'm the same way. And like people, I'm like, it doesn't have to mean like you pay for a service. You know, it can literally just be standing outside, like get in the sunshine, you know, like whatever yeah. you like doing. Like for me, it's like w- literally watching TV is my form of self-love because I just zone out, you know, like, but it's what I like. And I think people need to sort of, expand their definition of that and doesn't have to be super wellnessy all the time you know and it doesn't mean going to get a massage for 150 dollars. like that that's great too but mm-hmm. like it's just finding the little things that can give yourself extra love and extra tlc yeah no exactly hi guys so quick break but speaking of self-love one of the things that I do to show myself love is put high quality ingredients into my body. I'm very, very particular about food and ingredients because health is wealth, right? And one of the things that I am super picky about is the olive oil that I use because I use a lot of olive oil and I know that unfortunately a lot of it is cut with other unhealthy oils like different vegetable oils and those are very inflammatory in our bodies and can cause a lot of different health issues so it's important to get high quality olive oil and my favorite brand is Cassandrinos I've talked about them before I will talk about them forever I always order from Cassandrinos they're amazing they're a family-owned business and they import only the freshest extra virgin olive oil directly from where the family farms olives in Greece And it's cold pressed, so they don't use any heat or chemicals, which will destroy the nutrients if those are used. And it's amazing. You can buy it in bulk like me. They also have little travel bottles that you can carry around with you, bring them to restaurants, because I don't trust restaurants, olive oil, and or just when you're actually traveling, you can use them like a normal person. But, you know, I do everything. So... Definitely check out Cassandrinos if you haven't already. You can order on their website, cassandrinos.com, and you can use the code addicted to lovely for 10% off. You can also use the code actually adultish for 10% off. Either code will work, both will get you 10% off. So I suggest ordering a bunch at once, just get it all, and you'll be stocked up for a while, and you won't have to worry about using an unhealthy oil an olive oil that's incorrectly labeled because sadly they can label it olive oil and put in other things in there and then it inflames your body and we don't like that so show yourself some self-love order some Cassandrinos, and i think you'll love it okay back to rachel okay so now i want to talk let's talk more about the business because this is what i really want to chat with you about because you're just like you're such a badass businesswoman. I can't even tell you. I love it. No, <laughs> I freaking love it. Okay, so wait. So you. So did you actually sell the overnight oats? No, I still never have. Okay, I, I'm too late to the game now with that. It's eh. like I, I kind of feel that. like they've died a little bit. Like, I know. I love oatmeal, but like it doesn't. It doesn't like have a huge place in my daily eats anymore. Like oat flour does, and yeah. like they had a moment. They had a big moment. And it just kind of died down a little bit, like, but now there's other things like smoothie bowls. I don't know. Exactly. They'll die in like another few months too. Yeah. So he made the transition to being a full-time, what were you telling people you were doing? Were you telling them I'm a, 
I'm a blogger or what were you saying? Someone else asked me that recently. And like nobody ever asked me like what I was doing. Like they knew I was fired, but they never said like, what are you going to do now? And like nobody asked me that. Like so fact, interesting. Like, and I mean, I also like hid, like I did not see anybody for a few months. I was so embarrassed. So like, I think at that point they knew I was posting my food. And I remember one of my best friends was like, why do you keep posting your food on Instagram? It's getting annoying. And I'm like, so unfuck me. Like, yeah. I'm like bye. Yeah. Um, I think I would just tell people I was like blogging and my parents are so cute. Like how they explain what I do is hysterical. Like, cause like their generation doesn't understand social media and, and blogging and Instagram. Um, but they just told Did they understand what you were doing at the time? Like, did they just, okay. Okay. But they did. And I think it's because I'm so open. So like I tell my, I talk to my mom like a dozen times a day. It's like, I don't even have to say hello when she, when she calls because it's like, what? Like I just feel like an hour ago. Um, I love that. Yeah. Like they just knew, like I'm a big communicator. So they just, I don't know. Yeah. Blogging. I still don't even know what to say. I do. I, I understand. Well, yeah, it's kind of confusing. One thing I want you to like, I think people don't understand, like when you mentioned that you do like consulting, people don't understand how bloggers make money. Yeah. And Could there's you, really no concrete, like mm-hmm. cookie cutter way to make money. Like not everyone makes money. Not everyone makes money doing this. Not everyone makes the same amount and not everyone has the same like revenue stream coming in. Like I don't have a book. I don't have a product. Like I don't have a steady revenue or income. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like for me personally, I do recipe development and like food styling for brands. So say a nut butter company um, will call or will email me and they'll want me to do a recipe or feature them on my blog and social media. And then I'll give them a rate and then we'll negotiate until we find a rate um, that like works for everybody. And then that's typically how I make money. So like they'll pay me like paid publicity, paid publicity and paid develop like recipe development. Then they can then use that recipe depending on like the rights and the nitty gritty, but like they can then use that sometimes that content, those photos for their marketing purposes. Um, but that's my main form of income, like recipe development and exposure. And is that how most bloggers do it as well? I think so. Um, it depends. I mean, some people call themselves bloggers and they don't have a blog, which is like, yeah. What do you think about that? I was literally just talking about this yesterday with some of my friends. You're not a blogger. You're an Instagrammer. If That's you're, how I if, feel too. That's how I feel yeah. too. If Instagram is your platform and that is where you post and do everything. That's amazing. It's my favorite platform, but like you can't call yourself a blogger. Like if you really want to, it's fine. But like technically you need a blog to be a blogger. Okay, I but, totally agree. And I don't mean that in a cat way, but that is a very heated topic to me. Yeah. Well, but like, because a lot of people think, no, if you have an, like, so a lot of people think that an Instagram is a form of a blog, and to me it's not. I'm like, a blog is a blog. And if you don't have a blog, then you don't have a blog. Then you're an Instagrammer. Like, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. I mean, I feel, <laughs> I'm really glad you said that because I feel the same <laughs> way, but I feel like no one else ever agrees with me on that. Um, no. so I'm glad. And when you started your blog, this is like kind of random. Did you ever, did you like always know you wanted it to be your name or did you ever want to do like one of those like cutesy names like me? <laughs> my name used to be Oats for you. Like, oh my God. Really? 
And then the account was hacked and I couldn't log into it. And I was at like 3,000 followers. So I remember mm-hmm. distinctively being like, I just hit 3,000 and I'm locked out of my account. My life is over. And then my parents were actually like on their way to see me that day. And I was still working at my, at my last job during this. And then I was like, whatever, you know what? I'm just going to use my personal account. And then, because I'm not starting over again. I can't start from zero again. Mm-hmm. And I've never been happier that I left it at my name. Because if I said did something like so narrow, mm-hmm. like oats for you, how would I be posting paleo recipes or like anything other than oats? Yeah. I think people don't realize that. And that's what, like when people ask me, what should I make my blog name? I'm always like, you should make your name. Like I wish I had made my, my name. But you're like, first of all, you still can if you want to. And second of all, yours isn't so narrow where it's yeah. like, like being lovely and being addicted to being lovely. It's just a part of life. Exactly. So you're always lovely no matter whatever it is you want to blog about. Yeah. Well, no, that, I mean, that's a good, like, well, that was a good thing. Cause I went into it being like, this is going to be like a lifestyle thing. So I didn't, but if you're a food person, it's harder because usually you make a name that has to do with a food. Like Addie and I always joke about, she's like chickpea in the city and she doesn't eat chickpeas anymore. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, like that makes me so sad. Like I know. It's never too late to make the change. And like my people think that my real name is Rachel, like without the E and Rachel. And oh. Like, yeah, wait, they do. Yeah, wait, so wait, I've never known it so is how did that happen? Why did you not do well, that was like my high like my my Gmail address since high school was Rachel <laughs> Manfield and like I like didn't think I was very witty doing that, and my middle name is Lauren, so it could be seen as Rachel Lauren, like Rachel Lauren Mansfield, mm-hmm. or if you say Rachel, it sounds like Rachel. Yeah. Oh, Rachel. So it, it works it out perfectly. Yeah. So I just kind of went with it and kept it going. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I always just assumed it was your middle initial, but I didn't. Yeah. I, <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's just what I thought. So. Um, and then when you first, so when you first started like doing that full time, was there a period of time where it was like rough and hard to get companies and stuff or did, were you, did you pretty much just hop into it? No, it was rough. I mean, companies didn't want to pay me until I had a following and like I even a, like a community on Instagram, like in which, I mean, I don't blame them. Like why would they want to pay somebody if they're not going to see the value of working with them. Mm-hmm. So it definitely took, it took a lot of time um, to, but there was also like, I always say that if you're starting an Instagram account right now, like you want to start tomorrow or August of 2017, because you never know when someone listens to this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be easy for anybody because the algorithm is so different. The engagement's different. The growth stats are different. Like everything's changed so much. So at the time that I was growing this, like Instagram wasn't as crafty as it is now. And mm-hmm. I was growing at a rapid rate. Mm-hmm. And I think that that helped as well. Um, just to be totally like, totally yeah. honest. like I was growing a hell of a lot faster than anybody is now. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm really glad you brought that up. That was something else I was going to ask you, like, Cause I kind of agree and I feel bad. People are like wanting to start stuff now. And it's like, you always want to tell people, no, like do it, like go for what you want. But at the same time, it kind of like, it's like too oversaturated at this point. Like you're also, yeah. you're not going to kind of get anywhere really, unless you're really lucky. You know, I just, the odds are stacked against people. Like yeah. it's like, I don't know. I feel bad, but it's kind of, and 
in people who already are established are just all over Instagram because I don't know what's been going on with like engagement and stuff, but everything they're changing around is kind of fucking everybody over. Yeah, it's like stressful and I'm trying not to stress about it, but like when you're not getting the same engagement that you used to get, like it's pretty noticeable Mm -hmm. and it's like totally out of anyone's control, but it's different. Like last, like a year ago you would just put the like 30 hashtags that like you'd put like on the bottom and like that really helped at least for me, like get the picture to be trending. Now it doesn't work as well. And like the discover thing is so different. And when you log on to your home, like when you log on to Instagram, it's like not in order and it's definitely challenging and it is a saturated market. There's a lot of people trying to do the same thing. Yeah. And the other thing is like, I'm sorry, but Instagram is not going to be around forever. Like it's just not. And so all of these people, like, like you're all your what your recipes are always going to be on your blog, right? Like you have your blog, and yeah. I I'm always wondering like all these people who don't have a website or a blog, like what are you going to do if Instagram kind of just like implodes? Well, that's my biggest fear. I'm like, when Instagram dies, am I dead? Like, like what? Like what do I do then? Um, like the last few months, I've really been trying to figure out like another something to do and I mm-hmm. I have a few ideas I mean obviously they're like huge projects so I need to figure out logistically like what can work but like it's not good to ever put all your eggs in one basket so I'm really just waiting for Instagram to like explode in front of me and then like have to find something new mm-hmm. but it's always good to have a lot of different streams of revenue and income coming in I think that Hopefully, knock on wood, Instagram will be around for the next, for a few more years. But uh, I don't yeah. think that it has another like decade. Yeah, for sure. like probably by the time I'm like, I always joke by the time I'm like a mom, like I won't be getting free diapers. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> but that, but I mean, but that's my point with like your blog. That's why it's smart. You have a blog because you'll always have the blog. You know, like everything. The the internet was definitely not just going to go away. Like I think we all know that. <laughs> but I mean, Instagram, the same, I mean, Snapchat, like, I never bought into Snapchat and I never told people to follow me on it. And I'm like, so happy I didn't. Yeah. It's not, it's not doing anything. It's dead. <laughs> like people were making a shit ton of money on it. And then it just basically died overnight when Instagram stole all their tricks. So that sucks. And now all those people are screwed, you know? Yeah. It's, and Okay. I want to talk about, like, working with companies. Um, do, well, I feel like your experience having started on the brand side would help you so much working on the other side. It Can, definitely does, yeah. How so, do you think? Um, it helped me from, oh, it helped me from, like, a compensation standpoint, for sure, because I saw what we were paying mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. bloggers, um, so that gave me an idea, but it also reassured me that nobody knows what to charge anyone, and everyone's rates are, like, nothing all is All over the place, yeah. So all over the place. Um, and I think I also knew more, like, what what brands were looking for, like, you know, it's the blind leading the blind in this industry. Like some brands don't send you a contract and like I send the brand a contract and sometimes they don't say to like put product in the photo, which is like, I don't post much branding at all, but on my blog, I always have at least one photo 
with the product if the brand's paying me. I'm like, that's just rude if you don't. Like, at least give them one with product. And that's something I knew, like, from my last job. Because I was like, I would give everyone a contract. And it was, like, a mandatory to take a photo with products. So, like, that was helpful. Um, just compensation. Also, just knowing people. So I knew a lot of other brands. And, like, I mean, especially um, other bloggers. Like, Jordan Younger and I, like, I've known her since before I was even doing this. So it's been nice just to have, like, relationships with people that, like, you can count on and, like, get advice from them and vice versa. Um, so yeah, definitely was helpful. And I think that I actually think it was more helpful being the assistant to the CEO than running the earned media department, because that really taught me a lot more about like being an entrepreneur. And I don't really consider myself an entrepreneur, but like you are, (laughs) it just sounds so like stuffy like I don't know like, I'm like what am I doing that I'm an entrepreneur you know what I mean it just doesn't yeah. sound well I hate I hate when people like say oh I'm an entrepreneur I'm like doing I'm what though up. but you like you are but it's like I agree it's like a little uppity to be like I'm an entrepreneur like what does that mean you know like okay what's what kind it's like an it's me it's more like an adjective like yeah. I'm like entrepreneurial I guess yeah um but I think that working for him really taught me that and I mean, like, I remember when he, this, yeah, like this is what I always think of this. He would have like partnerships with vendors and stuff. So like, you know, if this vendor wants to sign on with us for X amount of months, we'll give them a better deal. Mm-hmm. So when a brand comes to me and they wanted, and I'm like, well, if you want to do a partnership and sign on with me for X amount of months, like you get a good deal. Yeah. And like doing things like that, like I definitely learned a lot just from working at a startup company for sure. What's the most frustrating part about working with brands? Or a few. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I love that working with brands is every brand's really different Mm -hmm. in obviously in product messaging, etc. But it's a lot to like learn about every brand and know how to please them in in every way by working with them. And I want to make sure that every brand's really happy. Like after a campaign with me, like I want them to see the value in working with me, but it's really hard to track a lot of brands. It's hard to be working with a plethora of brands and like really get to know all of them. Mm -hmm. And I think that working in my industry is really hard because the brands aren't paying like what, like I'm not a beauty blogger or like, in regular like food porn like I like my brands don't have budget yeah so that's really hard and it's challenging because they're the products and brands that like I love and believe in and every product that I've ever posted about is a product that like I go to the store and purchase at Whole Foods or like whatever sure they're sold in and that is something I take so like I cherish that like I can confidently say that like I have ate or I I have eaten. My friend Maya always yells at me because I would say I've ate, but it's <laughs> I've eaten everything that I've posted from a brand. Like I love them. And yeah. that's really hard. Like I was offered a deal that was for six months. It was more money than I was making in my last job for a full-time salary. Mm-hmm. And like 95% of other bloggers right now are working with this brand. I know and who you're I- talking about. Really? Yeah. And I know to them and I was like, it's not worth that amount of money. Like I would never eat that. Like I would never eat it. Like what, how can I work with them? And that's definitely the, one of the hardest parts about working with brands is that their compensation isn't always there still. 
but then you have to work with more brands so that you can make money. But then you're working with so many brands, you have to like keep track of everyone and what their needs are. And so it just, it all like intertwines. Like if 10 brands were paying me amount of money that I wouldn't need any more work, I'd be fine. Yeah. Not like and yeah, that's what's hard. It's like, I feel like all the best brands don't have big enough budget. And, but then it, it's also hard because it's like, you want to support these brands that you find that you love, like that they don't have, but they don't have budget, but you still want to support them. But then at the same time, it's like, you need to get paid. And then it's frustrating when brands expect, expect posting for free. There, there, there are so many of them that are just so entitled and they want all this for free. And they're like, won't pay. And it's like, well, there there has to be some middle ground somewhere, you know? Yeah. And like a lot of the products that I post about still, like they don't pay me. Mm-hmm. But like, I also don't want to be a sellout. Like if I only posted sponsored content, no, like that just wouldn't even look, I don't even want to do that. Like this yeah. doesn't sound good. So it's like, you know, hopefully cultivating relationships with brands so that eventually it'll turn into like a compensated type relationship but it's a challenge the struggle is real but do you ever worry that because they get used to you mm-hmm. posting for free that they'll just expect you to always do it for free you know but if they're if they're truly good people they won't do that yeah and like for example around um a few months ago I did a giveaway for a brand and I didn't even call them and tell them I was like I didn't ask. I was like, I'm doing a giveaway for you guys next week. Like, don't worry about it. But like, you're going to have to send the product. Yeah. And it's not a brand that like currently pays me. So like, I didn't expect payment. And I just wanted to, like, I don't do many, like recently I've been doing more giveaways because my Instagram community like wants giveaways and I don't like love them. Yeah. But I'm I'm trying to please my peeps. So that's, that's what I'll do. But anyway, so I did one a few months ago and the brand sent me a check in the mail and like afterwards and like no it wasn't for the same amount of money that like I do charge for a giveaway but like I was so like touched that like Mm -hmm. they recognized that I did that and just sent me a like sent me money and like I didn't even expect that like that's what I mean like surrounding yourself with good people and like good brands because like they will treat you well yeah if like treat them well so but yeah it's definitely a concern that I'll get so used to it and then I'll just never make money. <laughs> yeah, it's I think it's just hard because this whole <laughs> space, like nobody really knows what to do. Like how we're talking before, everybody's rates are low are all over the place and brands don't really a lot of brands I feel like a lot of brands don't understand the value of influencers and they no don't chance. Yeah. And I'm just like, you're kind of dumb right now that you're not paying influencers to you know, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah. I mean, I think it's more the like executive teams of these companies. It's not the social media managers. Like they want to pay people because mm-hmm. a, it's going to make their job easier because they're going to get more publicity like via social media and be like, they get it because they're around like they're a millennial age. Like they understand it. But the executive teams of these companies typically are going to be these like likely they're going to be dudes and they're going to be in their fifties and they don't get, they don't have an Instagram account. They don't want to pay like some, and this is not everyone. Like I know that some like teams do understand it and I am so appreciative for that. But majority of companies don't like, they don't get it. Yeah. 
So, but they'll, you know, they'll see that they're not going to get the traction. You have to pay to play. Exactly. Just like I'm sure I'm going to have to pay to play on Instagram. Like that's just a part of life. And if people want quality content and quality exposure on social media, they need to pay for it when it comes to bloggers. Yeah. What do you, what do you wish that more people like knew about your job? That it's not like rainbows and butterflies and hearts. Like Mm -hmm. I one woman circus, like Jordan helps me so much in any way he can, but like he works full time. Like he works in finance. Like he does, he's not like, like off for the summer. You know what I mean? Like he works like eight to seven every day. Like he helps me, but like I'm doing this all solo. Like I work seven days a week. I don't shut off. I have likely like no life. Like I have to like schedule time for everything. Otherwise I just do nothing besides work. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Like my mom called me the other night. It was like 11 something. I was still doing work. And like, she's like, can you go to bed? I'm like, no, because I'm moving. Like I can't like do everything. And people don't realize how much work it is. They like everything on social media just looks so perfect and so perfectly curated. And they're like, Oh wow. She just like sits there and eats like organic truffles all day. And it's like, Nope. I just spent before talking to you an hour and something minutes cleaning my kitchen because I couldn't even look at it. It was so gross from all the recipe testing and like all the like, it's just, it's a lot more work than people think it is. I think anything is a lot of work, but like it's a lot more work than most people assume, especially food. Yeah. I'm really glad you said that because like, I, I think that people don't understand how much work it is and it's like not other people don't get Like people can go into work and they're at their office from nine to five and then they get to come home and they're done and then they go in the next day and like not think about anything. Yeah, exactly. And in your job, it is literally 24 seven. Like it's the opposite. Like you're it's not like you're scheduling time. This part of my day is work. It's okay. There's something social. I have to I have to find the time to schedule that in. You know, it's the opposite. I, I, I understand. I the biggest sigh ever. I know, I know. It and pe- people just think it's all perfect and easy, and it's really hard, and it's seven days a week. And, I mean, that's something else I want to ask you about. Like, I mean, what do you do to try and – or what have you learned about, like, work-life balance, and how do you – how do you navigate that? Especially, I think also it's really hard. Like, I mean, you have, a like, a husband, you know, like when you have a significant other, like, I mean, you need to make time for them too, you know? know. We've been living in a studio apartment together for three years. So it's great. So even when I'm working, like he's literally next to me, but like Mm -hmm. we're moving into like a bigger apartment and has two bedrooms. I'm like, dude, like we're going to be so far away from each other. (laughs) Yeah. And it's definitely like having, he, I would probably work even more if it wasn't for him. Like, he definitely helps me shut off. But, like, I personally just don't believe in, like, balance. Like, there's no perfect balance. Like, there's never – it's never going to be even. Yeah. Some days it's going to be, like, up in the sky and, like, down on the ground. And, like, it just – there's not going to be any balance. And I think that, like, recognizing that is being balanced, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, But I I took my first vacation in a year – it was a year and a half in – June to go to Maui mm-hmm. and deleted email from my phone for seven days. It was the best seven days of my life. Like I called my best friend for her birthday and she's like, you sound great. Can you stay there? And I'm yeah. like, 
And it taught me like how really important it is to shut off and like not worry about everything and disconnect. But at the same time, I have this like fear of like missing out on something if I'm not looking at my email. And I think it's because I don't have a steady paycheck. So like I get paid, I get gigs through an email. Like if I miss something, like I could be missing money then. And then that's also in my head. And that's what's, that's another thing that's hard about working for yourself and doing this is like, I don't know how much money I'm going to make next year. I could be making $5,000 for the whole year and have to go get another job. Like I have no idea. Yeah. I, I, I love everything you just said. And well, the other thing that I like going off of that, you talk a lot about like, I love when you talk about how it's important that people engage with their followers, you know, and how do you, but this is the thing. It's like, you are one woman and I'm sure you get a million messages and comments and like emails every day. And I mean, I just feel like it's not physically impossible or it's not physically possible to get to everybody. So how, yeah. So how do you, do you like just set aside a time and you say, I'm just going to try and figure out, I'm just going to do as much as I can in this time. Or do you prioritize certain people or certain types of people? Or how do you deal with that? You know? Um, that's really challenging for me. And even if I were to ever hire someone, I wouldn't trust them to like enough to respond to people. If that yeah. makes sense. This is my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but from D like a DM perspective, like a direct message perspective, probably like over well over a hundred a day. Like I can't, I can't respond to DMs. I just, I can't do it. A lot of people do. And but I, I physically would be doing them a disfavor and I'd be doing myself a disfavor because I wouldn't be giving them quality responses. I'd be giving them quick responses to get it over with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I'm noticing the same question being asked like a few times, now I screenshot it and then I upload the question to my story with the answer, which I think has been really helpful because people then are just like asking questions and like I know that they're just hopefully now they're just expecting me to put it in my story and answer it. Because once you press accept, that's like an open flow of communication that like, and I wish that I could sit there and answer everyone's questions every single day and really give feedback to everyone. But I just don't have enough hours in my day to do Mm -hmm. it. If someone comments on an Instagram, I respond to every single comment. Even if the comment is like, looks yummy, like I write thanks. Like Mm -hmm. I respond to everything. I like everything. I acknowledge everything. Um, but DMs are, oh man, DMs are hard. And when brands DM me, I'm like, it pisses me off. I'm like, why can't you email me? (laughs) No. And it's like, I get my email listed in my bio, but like it says contact via blog and like, or if they just DM me and ask me for my email, that's fine. But like, don't DM me and ask me for my address because I'm not giving you my address on Instagram. Like, that's how I end up with packages that I don't know who has sent me them. Yeah. Five million packages. I just got toothpaste in the mail today. And it was, like, from, like, whatever brand. And Jessica. And I don't know who Jessica is. And I don't know who the toothpaste brand is. It's my first friend to Jessica. And there's no business card in there. I'm like. Are you serious? I'm like, do you. Now I need to stock the toothpaste. Yeah. I need to. It's like, no, I'm not even wasting my time. No, like, I don't. It's not worth it. People just pass around your address like a hot potato. That's, I know, it's scary. That was like, I mean, with Jordan, I was like, how the hell? I didn't give you her address. How, how did they get it? Like, yeah. It, 
Oh God, yeah. So, so do you just like you just like don't do DMs? Like I'll answer it. Like if it's if it's something that I can't answer in a story or something, mm-hmm. like then I'll try. But like I do read a lot of them. I definitely don't read all of them because it's just not possible. I don't like, think people people realize like how long it. T- I used to answer every DM, and it would take me like three hours a day. And I still and I was depressed and I would cry and I was stressed out and like I it sucked the life out of me and I didn't sleep and I was like this is so dumb and I was answering questions I'm like I've literally posted about this on my blog in my Instagram I've said it on my stories why are you still asking me you know like for codes like for like promo codes every single one of my codes is Rachel like yeah it doesn't even vary and so I'm like the fact that you're still asking me what my eating evolved code is, <laughs> like making me question like humanity. Yeah. Like I like I can't how it's also in Instagram posts. It's on my blog where it says discount codes. It's it's there. It's just some people just don't look and they just like want they want you to answer them and they want that attention. Yeah. And I think that people have it's this entitlement thing and everybody wants information right now and they don't want to do their like the work to just look it up themselves like people are just so used to this instant information about everything and I'm like take responsibility like I'm not your mom and I'm not Google yeah you know like it's hard but at the same time it's like by I never and I never call anyone like my followers because I just feel like it sounds just sounds so like followers (laughs) there's like no good words to describe any of this I swear (laughs) I always say like my Instagram community and like I would be doing this if it wasn't for them so like when I'm not responding it's not because I'm being like a bitch like Mm -hmm. I just like need to give people quality content and quality information and if I don't think I can deliver on that then I'm not going to do it like I do the best I can to give everyone the amount of information that I can give but it's hard it's definitely it's hard. I need like a customer service line. No, literally. The other thing I always want, I always like to ask people, do you scroll through your whole feed or do you search specific people? I like, scroll. Do you, and do you, do you catch up to like your last post? Dang. Yeah. I do too, I, but it takes so long. <laughs> yeah. Always do because I mean, I'm sure there's some, some that I miss, but mm-hmm. for the most part, yeah I'm the same way and so many people are like how do you have time and I'm like well it takes a long time but like I have this ADD like if I haven't caught up I just I'm like I want to see what people are doing because they're like commenting on my stuff so I want to comment on theirs like stories are like a lot to catch up on like Instagram stories Mm -hmm. but I meet a lot of people so they don't come up on my top okay yeah that's smart It's just, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Instagram is its own beast. I think it's just a really interesting world over there. Amazing little world, but it's interesting. And, okay, I think everybody, so what camera do you use to take your pictures for your blog? My phone. You use your phone for everything? My really dirty with, like, nut butter on the lens right now iPhone I truly I love that so much oh yeah well I no I've heard you say that but I just like wanted my listeners to hear that uh, I seven all the way yeah people ask me that too a lot in, in my dms um is, is your like do you clean it out regularly you have like you must correct. like you must have so many um oh like in the, phone. In the camera thought, roll oh I no 
expected. I'm like, yeah, I, I do every day. Like your storage. Um, <laughs> I have like unlimited storage. Like I just got the new phone. And right now I have just in my iPhone photos, 3,200 photos. But that's my – then I, I take all mine on my, the VSCO cam. Mm. That easily has like 6,000 photos on it. Wow. I always run out of space. It's really annoying. When you got the new phone, just get – like I got the big-ass phone. Yeah. And then so what do I you like, edit on? Just – um, My blog on Lightroom. Okay. okay. And then Snapseed on my phone. I feel like everyone uses Snapseed. I don't use it. I, I download it. I don't like it. So. Oh, it's so easy. It's, oh, it's so good, too. I love it. Um, But I did just – and I use natural light, but I'm, I'm losing my natural light. And, You're going to figure it out, though. Do you use artificial light? I have one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. That I Can you see it? I thought that was it, but then I yeah. was like, when I Because I usually recipe test, like, late at night. Like, it's pitch black. Yeah. And my lighting in, in my apartment is orange. So I bought those. And, I mean, they're fine. I But I also am not, like, a food stylist. Like, like my blog isn't, like, a food blog. So, like, my photography isn't really that great. So I don't really care. Photography's great. Oh, don't thank you. No, that. I'm, like, so – I feel like my photography is so bad. But I don't really, like, worry about it that much. Um, But, yeah, those lights is, are what I use. I just bought some artificial lighting, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, you have to keep me updated. Do you have any other quick photography tips to let people know about for food? Ooh. Um, less is more when it comes to props and things. Less is more. Simplicity. My, like, the pictures that I don't want to post because I think they're ugly, like, always do the best. And then the ones that I spend, like, hours smiling, like, do horrible. Um, less is more, always. Okay, I love that. That's perfect. Okay, awesome. Well, this was so fun. I could talk to you for like five million years, but I know these poor listeners' are, ears are gonna be bleeding by the end. Of this. No, they're gonna want more. You have to come back at some point because you have so much. I had like thirty more questions that I didn't get to, but we'll save it, it for another time. So, yeah. th- thank you so much. So seriously, like this was so fun. Um, oh, thank you for having me. It was fun. I love doing podcasts. Yeah, you're you're good at them. You should start one. <laughs> I contemplated, but I don't know. Yeah, you're just like, eh. Okay, so why don't you just tell everybody where they can find all your stuff again? Sure. So my Instagram is Rachel Mansfield. So as you may have heard, Rachel without the E. <laughs> it's rachelmansfield.com. And I'm not going to bore you and tell you where to find me on Twitter and Facebook and Pinterest because I don't really use them. But it's yeah. the same anyways. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Yeah, everybody go follow Rachel, and I'll put everything in the show notes so you can just click and follow her. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for coming on. I'll talk to you again. All right. Bye. Bye. So there you have it. You heard it from Rachel Mansfield herself. I hope you guys enjoyed getting to know Rachel a bit more and getting some more of her advice and wisdom and I love that we talked about things that she hasn't talked about before on her blog or in other podcasts that's always exciting I like to try and keep my interviews different from other interviews but she's just a delight to chat with I had 500 other questions but I can't annoy everybody with all of my questions so I just want to thank Rachel again for taking the time out of her schedule to let me talk to her and just for opening up, being so 
raw and real and honest and just chatting about all of the things because it was interesting so i hope you guys loved it as much as i did if you want her back again let me know maybe we can get her back on and continue the conversation i would love that so make sure you go to her website make all of her delicious treats rachelmansfield.com follow her on instagram at rachelmansfield and all that info will be in the show notes and I cannot wait to talk to you guys again next week. All right. Bye.